Hey, what's up, Conscious Couple listeners? Thank you for supporting us. You are what make this podcast work. And if you like what we're putting out there and you think it would be helpful to other people, go ahead and give us a like, follow, write a review, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you get all the new stuff right when it comes out. So short housekeeping for today, we have our next live event coming up on October 18th to 20th in Salt Lake City. It's a great opportunity to meet us and learn a ton of new skills. It's going to be a lot of fun. We also have a couple spots open in our private coaching programs as well as our group coaching program. If you're feeling like you want to take things to the next level, you can get in touch with us at www.advancedrelationshipacademy.com. And finally, if you've got a relationship question you want answered, you can send them in to Bryce or Jenny at advancedrelationshipacademy.com. And now for today's podcast. Welcome back to the Conscious Couple Podcast. It's just Bryce today. I'm really excited to be on here doing this podcast. We're going to be doing some shorter episodes just to get some really good sound bites for you to listen to on your way to work or hiking or whatever you're doing. And we'll also be doing more interviews, but want to have some little ones in there for those of you that might not want to commit to a longer episode and just want to get a little snippet for your relationship or to pick me up for your day. So we'll see how long this one goes. Currently, I'm feeling a little bit low energy. I'm about 72 hours into a no-caffeine, no-processed sugar fast, if you want to call it that. And I'm not big into sugar anyways, but the caffeine is a tough one for me. I've been drinking caffeine pretty much every day for my whole adult life. So taking this on, I'm going to go at least a week and I can see myself going beyond this to maybe not incorporating caffeine at all into my life, but we'll see how it goes. But the point is that if I'm out here preaching about being conscious about all the decisions we make in our life, I want to look in the mirror and do the same thing. So if you're out there, whether you're changing up your diet, getting involved in more exercise, doing meditation, working on your relationship trying to create more of what you want in your career, your family life, fun, all that. I'm right here with you doing it. So today I want to talk about a topic that came up because I wrote a blog on our Facebook page titled, You Have to Earn Emotional Safety. And I got several messages in my inbox asking what I meant. And I can see why there could be some confusion here because it could almost look like I'm implying that we don't deserve it, therefore we have to earn it. But that's not what I'm saying. Everyone deserves emotional safety, but the reality is that we often don't have it, and so we have to earn it, and there are ways that we can do that. So I'm going to talk about that today. But let's first look at why we don't have emotional safety in the first place. So taking it back thousands of years to when we first sprung up in Africa, in small tribes, just hunter-gatherers, killing each other. I think the life expectancy at that point was like 40 years old. I mean, we were just really struggling to survive, and we were wired to survive and reproduce. And that's still in us very much. And I'll talk about, I think that this ties into attachment theory and 
um, much of why we act in these weird ways that we don't understand. But basically, emotional safety served no evolutionary purpose whatsoever. What was the point? It survive and reproduce. And this goes on for thousands and thousands of years until we get to a point where some communities had evolved to the point where their physical needs, their survival needs were met. And that's when people started to question the, the meaning of life and religion sprung up and people began to build things, create art, and we were transcending into this next level of, of consciousness above the animals around us. But that doesn't mean that emotional safety, even though we could then comprehend it, didn't mean that it just magically appeared. And it's still not there very much. There are so many ways. I mean, we are inherently a paranoid animal. We are constantly assessing whether or not we're in physical danger, whether or not we're going to be left alone. And these are rooted in us. These are core human fears about not being good enough. And if what happens then? We get left. What happens then? We die. So it's very normal to feel like maybe you don't fit in, to be afraid, to be left alone, to be single, to be easily triggered by things that people say, their tone of voice, their body language. This is all very normal. But in our culture, it kind of gets swept under the rug, like, well, you, should, you just shouldn't feel that way. You're too sensitive. You're high maintenance. And that makes sense, too, because people that are saying that probably haven't accessed or, or, or are aware of this other layer of consciousness, which includes emotional safety. And so hopefully that's enough that you can understand why we don't have it now. So I want to talk about two stories in my life and how they came together to shape my understanding of emotional safety. And it's still ongoing. But the first one was about 10 years ago, I was in a training, a coach training. And I remember a woman asking, what do we do if we don't feel emotionally safe to share? And I remember thinking, like, what do you mean by that? Like, you just share or you don't if you don't want to. Just very simple understanding. But somehow it did strike a chord with me because I was judging her as you know, not being brave enough to share, um, not understanding the question, and it was, like, kind of threatening to me. And I started to realize as I sat with that question, what, what is emotional safety? What is she talking about? I started to see it pop up in some of my relationships where, oh, I'm, I'm thinking something, but I don't want to share it. What's going on here? But again, I didn't bring a ton of awareness into it um, until years later when I started getting into meditation. And at this point, I was very much, although I wouldn't have known it at the time, very much attached to my thought process. I just had not had much experience with stepping out of it, even though I knew what meditation was and the concept around stepping back and, and witnessing myself or this sense of self. So as I got more into meditation and was having more and more experiences of, of stepping back and realizing that there is this, this crazy monkey mind that's constantly going, now it's popping up all over the place. Like I'm realizing that there's always a thought, always an emotion happening behind the scenes and how often I don't really feel okay sharing what's going on. It just feels too vulnerable. And 
I remember this being very overwhelming. I hadn't done a ton of relational work at this point. And so I'd share, but I typically only share what I felt comfortable with sharing. And essentially that's what we all do. But the difference was I was really aware of this other side of me that wasn't sharing. This other side of me that, that I wasn't willing to share. And, and it was creating tension. And then coming into the relationship school, um, taking the deep psychology of intimate relationships course, and practicing this every week over and over. And of course, my favorite practice partner, Jenny, who's been doing this work longer than I have, was totally game to start moving into sharing what's coming up in the moment, how we're feeling, what we're thinking, and using this as information to guide what we want to create in our life. And this comes underneath the umbrella term of emotional safety for me to be able to speak up about what I want oh I got triggered there what am I feeling right now what are the thoughts that are bouncing around in my head right now all of this and when we do it together because if only one person's doing it you might make some headway but it really works best when both people are doing it then we create this container where hey I can I can walk in the door and say, hey, I'm feeling frustrated that you left the dishes out. And Jenny can say, yeah, I feel anxious as you share that. And when we have that real honest reflection, we can go into a space where we're clear, where we don't carry around all this extra baggage that we don't have to. Because if I come in and I stuff that and don't bring it up, it's going to come up later somewhere. And if Jenny tries to fix what's going on for me, or if she stuffs how she's feeling and says, oh, I'll just do it real quick, that's, that's, that's my bad, and doesn't acknowledge what really happened for her, we start to put rocks in the backpack that we carry around of things that we didn't share, and it erodes emotional safety. And I think after working with people now, couples, in hearing what comes up, what are the main reasons why people don't share things is because there's a history of always getting into a fight. So it's like, we already fight about the big stuff. Why bring in the little stuff? Because if we get into a fight, that doesn't feel good. And we can get wiped out for hours or days or, or even longer. And people come up with all different reasons why they don't want to share. But the core reason is because they don't feel emotionally safe. There isn't a safe container in the relationship. And this could be intimate or it could be with family or friends. But people don't want to share because they're afraid of what the other person's going to do, how they're going to react, and then how that is going to make them feel. So we're afraid that we'll be blamed, judged, ignored, and then whatever we're, we're going to feel on the other side, which is small, depressed, anxious, angry, whatever that is. We don't have a ton of capacity for it. So we don't want to get into any territory where that's going to come up. Or the other side of it is that this could reinforce, even if they don't react, even if you have a partner that's really passive or someone in your life that's really passive and just like bends to your will, we're also afraid that this could reinforce a story in our own mind that we're needy, annoying, high maintenance, high maintenance, weak, etc. And it's almost always going to 
drill down into the fact that we do not want to get left. And so this almost always comes back to a attachment theory and our core fear of being left alone or being unworthy. I'm a huge fan of giving you steps, things to, to actually do outside of just listening to the podcast, although I think the concepts that we bring in will grow your awareness. And through that, you'll be able to hold and use the tools better. It's not all tools. It's not all awareness. really need both. So the first step, if you're wondering, okay, like I got this idea about emotional safety and it's making sense to me and I don't know how my partner will feel about it. The first step is to just have the conversation. Just introduce the word. Hey, I learned this concept the other day about emotional safety and here's what I connected with. What do you think about that? Just open it up. You can ask them, what does it mean to you? And my guess is that if you're bringing this up in an open space and you're not trying to force this into them, force their understanding, force a way that they should look at it, most people are going to be really open. But if you don't feel safe enough to have that conversation, my suggestion is to enter into a secure relationship with someone else, non-romantic, See, people will do this romantically, and that's, I think, where a lot of affairs come from, is not feeling emotionally safe with one partner, so you go to someone else. So I'm talking about non-romantic, and start practicing and learning more about yourself and showing up authentically with them. So typically, this is going to be a coach or a therapist. It could be a friend, it, especially if your friend has is like a step ahead of you here, has some skills, some understanding. But then you can slowly integrate your authentic experience with your partner and at the same time have a safe place to land and come back to no matter what happens. Because the reason we're not going to take risk in a relationship is because if we don't have a place to, if we don't have a safe container to go back into, if it's not in that relationship, we're going to get totally spun out and, and go into all our unhealthy patterns and addictions and behaviors. So you need to have at least one secure relationship in your life where you can go to to have these conversations if it's not your intimate partner. Another thing you can do is learn skills. So there are plenty of simple formats out there that will work wonders. It's amazing how little listening exercises can go so far and you practice them and you get better at them and you refine them. You learn how to use them with your partner what works for them, because you can actually use the tools to make the tools better, if that makes sense, for your unique needs. In some of our e-courses, we teach this. I, I find it more effective for people to go home and watch the videos. Actually, we do online coaching, so they're probably already home. But to, to watch the videos and, and try this in, in their life, and then we come into the coaching sessions and analyze and go over what worked and what didn't and why. The third thing you can do once you've grown your awareness and you're starting to realize what you really need is to speak up about it. Ask your partner specifically what you need to feel emotionally safe. And you're going to have to put a lot of effort into learning more about your patterns and triggers and ways that help you feel soothed in order to communicate these. That's part of the trick. You probably don't know 
if you haven't been doing this work, you probably don't really know yet what really works for you. So you gotta go out or read or watch videos, work with a coach and learn before you can relay this to them. And when it's really clear to them, it makes it easier for them, right? And it's like, we're on a team. So for Jenny and I, if I'm telling her what works for me and she knows that if she's doing this, then when I'm feeling in a good space, I'm gonna be able to support her more. Of course she wants to help that happen. And of course I want that to happen for her. And, and we, can, we can grow this exponentially because we're both like, yeah, I want that for you, I want it for me, and we're going for it. The fourth thing you can do, I think you must do, is practice mindfulness, meditation, whatever you wanna call it. Getting triggered, spun out, is the antithesis of mindfulness. Unmindfulness. We go zero to 100 because something happened. We lose awareness of what's happening inside of us. We're totally engulfed in our stuff. And you need to practice mindfulness when you're not triggered in order to use it when you are. And I want to say this again. You need to practice mindfulness when you're not triggered in order to use it when you are. It's going to be damn near impossible to sit down and try to meditate and really focus if you're already in that heightened state. We need to be proactive here. And the last thing, the last tip I want to give you is don't give up. This is a lifelong process with everyone in your life to build emotional safety. There are different stages of life, different types of relationship. You may never feel 100% safe and that's okay. We're not really wired for it, but we can move the ball a lot. And the more that we feel emotionally safe, the more we can speak up, for ourselves, the more we can we can create what we want outside of ourselves in our life because we have the help of others. They know what we're going for. And we can let go of the people that aren't gonna support this. We really can. There's a story that we just need to keep people in our life because they've just been around. It doesn't need to happen. I, I get that it can be painful, but this is the this is part of the process with self development is is it's very natural for some people to fall behind. It doesn't mean you don't love them. But if they can't keep up, it's not a good reason to stop running. And more people will show up. There are a lot of people out here doing this work. So don't give up on it. So that's what I got today on how to earn emotional safety. Hope you got a lot out of it. And we'll talk next time. Bye, guys.